Hello everyone, welcome to The Ripple. Something special is happening in today's episode. We have new music. A great musician here in New York, Timothy Cleary, has made us our own music. I love it and I hope you do as well. You can visit his website at timothyclearymusic.com. On today's episode, we will meet Todd McIntyre. Todd was a young man working in New York on September 11th, 2001. Let's hear his story. What was your morning like on September 11th, 2001? My birthday is September 17th, so I was just about to turn 24. And I had had the job that I was in at Pier 59 for about probably like a year and a half at that point. It started off, it was, I mean, it was just, it was a regular weekday. I had been working. And what was your job there? I was a scanner operator. <laughs> and okay. I, so I, I did scans and then I also was learning to retouch and uh, just graduated from photography school. And I was living in Brooklyn at the time. Okay, so I was taking the A train and I usually would get out at 14th Street and I missed the stop and I got out at 23rd and I was having to walk downtown and then walk across on 18th Street. And as soon as I got to 10th Avenue and 18th Street and made a right, I just started seeing fire trucks and ambulances. And the whole time I was walking down that avenue, it did not stop. And, and just watching people who were about to cross the street who were just sitting on the corner with staring downtown. And I was thinking, man, you know, this and you didn't you didn't see anything. You just saw. Yeah, I didn't like, see anything. I didn't know anything. And I, I guess I was running a little bit late because it probably was about nine fifteen or something like that. So the both both planes had already flown, and I was oblivious. I was just like thinking a horrible accident happened on that right. um, on the West Side Highway. And then I got to the West Side Highway, and I saw um, the studio manager who was uh, standing there in the middle. of of the uptown because that was shut off and all of the traffic was being diverted downtown. Yeah. Um, and he just pointed up and it was like, the second plane just flew in. And I was like, what? <laughs> what is he talking about? And then I looked up and saw just two big gaping holes with fire fly coming out of them and was like, holy shit. And just to give people perspective of like how close you were, like proximity was, wise in the city to the towers. Probably what I would say like a mile. Yeah, I would say probably a mile. About a mile. Maybe even less. It was roughly around 14th Street and the West Side Highway. Right. Like right in there. And the studio you worked at was a huge shooting studio. Yeah. had lots of different studios Uh for photographers to book and shoot. They have a big uh, restaurant um, and several of the studios that open up actually looking down the Hudson River so you could see... You know, the World Trade Centers were... I, I feel like you could see the World Trade Centers from everywhere from in the everywhere, city. everywhere, yeah. You know, it was like every corner turn, like, you kind of, like, knew where you were. It was your directional guide. Where the yeah. World Trade Centers were. Yeah. So, then I just remember, you know, looking in astonishment and just thinking about, you know, this thing, like, this was caused by planes. And at that time, I didn't know... I didn't know if it was... Somebody was like, oh, yeah, it was a small plane. And I was thinking, like, yeah, but two small planes like right. you know I, I and knew you, did at that you guys point have a TV at all or a radio on that you we were we had listening? radio yeah so I walked back up uh, to the studios where I was working and then I sat there and we we were all listening to the radio and uh, you know everybody's trying to reach their relatives but none of the phone lines were really going out at least uh, I don't even think they were working with them 
within the city. I was going to say maybe you could contact people within the city, but I remember just not being able to reach anybody. And then hearing just the chatter of the radio, and it was like an incessant documentation of what was going on. But then you could, we could look out the windows and see what was going on, you know. But then you hear, like, oh, you know, the DC has been hit too. And it was just like this feeling of, like, what is going on? Is it the end of the world or is this war? Or, like, you know, what is the end of the day going to be? It was like this kind of apocalyptic feeling. How many people would you say were in the studio with you at that time? There was a lot. At that time, Pew 59 was really, really busy. It was like Stephen Klein and all the, like, it was huge productions. I, there was probably, like, I would say 300 people. Wow. There was a lot of people. And nobody, most of the shoots had stopped. And a, a few of the photographers were actually out on the deck taking pictures of the, of the burning buildings. Then upstairs in the department that I was in, we were just trying to figure out what to do. You know, we were thinking like, you know, we should go try to donate blood or something. And was this before or after the towers fell? This was after they fell. Yeah. yeah. So we, how did I feel like I saw them falling, falling before I heard it on the radio. Like I looked out, I was up in one of the windows, just looking down at them, um, and just the whole, basically the whole tops of the buildings were just smoke, and then I started to see one of the what you could see of the top all of a sudden just looked like it just felt like shifted off and the whole thing just started to crumble and I was like oh my god I can't you know I, I had no idea in my head that that was they were going to collapse yeah like I was thinking that there would be weird orange tarps over the holes and you know it'd be some weird uh, weird looking building after yeah. after everything had been you know cleared out but I had no idea the whole thing was going to go up and then it just all, and then it just filled with smoke, you know, it was just all um, rubble. And so, yeah, after, and then the second one came down. But it wasn't, it was, it wasn't too long after. I don't even remember. Like I, I didn't really watch the news after that that much. So then you went to donate the blood. Yeah, we walked over to St. Vincent's and uh, literally got in a line. There was a line of people there, waiting to donate blood. Student Sarandon was in front of us. We were all ready. Love that. <laughs> we were all New Yorkers, ready to, ready to, uh, you know, to help out. And then, you know, we started. I think the more and more we were there, it started to realize that you know they really didn't need any blood. And uh, they, a doctor came out and uh, said that he needed. I think it was O negative or some some type of blood and. Everybody looked around and was like, nobody had saved. Like, I don't know my blood type. I don't know blood type either. And then, the, like, the line just dispersed. So and nobody ended up donating blood? <laughs> no, I think maybe a handful of people knew that they were that type or something, but everybody else was like, oh, well, fuck it. And then walked off. And then, you know, that's that was around the time shortly after that, too, where you just start seeing, especially, I guess we were on eight, close to 8th Avenue. And it was just, like, zombied out people, like, covered in dust, just walking. It was like a mass exodus of just people walking, but like not making any sound, not talking, just like shocked, horrified, like silent. And it was Did just, you hear anything you know, in the like, city, like fire trucks or police, or was it really quiet? Do you remember? I don't remember. After the whole everything coming down and 
all of that, I don't remember much commotion. It was almost, yeah, it was silent. I mean, for months after that, it was like a huge, you know, fire had been put out in downtown Manhattan. It was just smoldering out of the bottom of the, the city where you couldn't go. I think it was south of Canal Street. There was like checkpoints. And even if you lived there, like people were, people were just trying to go get their stuff and lived right by, right on Fulton, in the, near the South Street seaport. Yeah, I was all worried because he didn't come into work, and but then finally he turned out he was okay. I think he was down here photographing when everything was going on. But the city was kind of a weird place <laughs> after yeah, that. Yeah, you were telling me that your, your experience in the weeks following that was very different than like yeah. how it had been, you know, previous to that, that you were having... Your schedule looks a lot of, a little bit different. Yeah, my schedule day. was really sporadic after that, because I just, you know, I'd wake up and I'd have had dreams, and I lived by myself in a one bedroom apartment then, and I would think to myself like, what if you know we had been gassed or something overnight, and there's nobody alive in the city? I'm gonna walk outside, and it's gonna be like this isolated, like completely devastated, like you know, place, and. Uh, I just have like moments to where I like a total fear would come over and then you know I'd be like okay I gotta get over this but then I'd be like I'm not gonna go to work on the train because I don't want to blow up and so I just call and you know be like I'll be in after 11 <laughs> after rush hour I'll come in because I just I don't I it wasn't worth it you know it was not worth it to be put in that situation did you think about like moving and leaving the city no I never, I never thought about leaving the city, but it definitely, I feel like it was a catalyst for a lot of people that I, cause a lot of people did move out of the city and a lot of people, you know, started doing things that they wanted to do or taking risks and stuff like that. I mean, I started my business the next year in 2002, the beginning of the year. And I remember, yeah, so it was only like a few months afterwards I left uh, my job and free, started, you know, freelancing and taking on jobs with photographers and I mean I don't know I, I don't know if that was I definitely felt like that push but at that period of time I felt like a lot of people were just doing things that they felt like they needed to do with their lives it was kind of like this is what I'm going to do and you know okay <laughs> it's now's as good of a time as any you know it's it it, it, you know you had a sense of the, you know live your life well, it's like everything slowed down a little bit, yeah. which is not something that happens often in the city. No. Not ever. at all. Yeah, and, and, and the fast pace that everything's at, usually people have no room for excuses or, you know, I, I don't want to show up today because I'm afraid of the subway. You know, that would be like, what? Right. <laughs> you know, like, I need my work done. But this was, uh, people were completely understanding. Except for, except for one person that I was working. <laughs> no, I won't mention any names, but there was a photographer that that um that I know who was trying to get his assistant to go the day after September 11th to go pick up his negatives, and she was like, um, I don't think they're gonna be open. I can't. You know, he was like, that was just a terrorist attack. He grew up in uh, in another country where there's a lot of terrorists. He's like, just go get my negatives. Life goes on. Right, but it was not like that at all for Americans living in New York who had never experienced that kind of 
terrorism. That kind of terrorism and that kind of, I mean, rarely, that that terrorist act took out more than 3,000 people. I mm-hmm. mean, that's insane. Yeah, especially when you compare it to the terrorism we're seeing nowadays where, you know, like between 10 and like 40 people are being killed at a time. Yeah. With like suicide bombers and like small kind of setups. Yeah. And then you compare it to that. Yeah, it's, it's not huge. even in the same. No. But it, I mean, it completely, it changed our world. This city is something that's completely different than it was back then. And it was, I know it was changing back then as well. Like, um, coming out of the whole bankruptcy and all that from the 70s and 80s. But I think that after September 11th, the world kind of adopted New York City as to like rally around it, you know, as like this kind of like a destination place for everybody, you know, yeah. it's like a Disney World or some, something of, uh, if that's their way of, if that's the world's way of supporting things is to, you know, Take it as your next vacation destination and buy all of the memorabilia and all that. It completely changed it. So much money flooded into the city. Mm-hmm. It's completely changed it. Yeah, I agree. It's crazy. And that goes into my next question, which is, do you feel like your life has, besides opening a business, mm-hmm. um, do you feel like your life has changed or that anything else in since 9-11 has changed for you or that it made you think differently or affected a part of your family in any way? I mean, you started your own For company. sure. <laughs> my brother went to war after that. So he, my brother was um, always like a military person and he was uh, an officer. He had trained and he got, he, his, he um, started dating a girl that he had met in college and she didn't want him to be in the military. And so Was he, he older or younger than he's you? He's older than me. He's like two years older than me. So I think at that time he was living up with her in New England. They were living in New Hampshire. He had met her in New Orleans at school. And when he was younger, his whole goal in life was to, just to be in the military. He wanted to be like, you know, Napoleon. Like he was one of these history buffs, like loved, you know, the history of like kingdoms and battles. And mm-hmm. like he'd tell you anything she didn't want him to, to serve in the military and so he got out and he was trying to find little menial jobs with her and then after September 11th uh, you know then Bush declared war uh, on Iraq which really has nothing to do with September 11th but does right. <laughs> <laughs> which really has nothing to do with Iraq but it somehow did it and it, it changed our world as well and he yeah he went off to war because um, he he um had trained his whole life for that and then was living in New Hampshire unhappy like in the first year of his marriage and like what am I doing here you know all all these people who he had trained with are going off to war so he went over there and served and then came back and um, and that had a huge effect on me I think like so I, th- I think the decisions that the US made after 9-11 uh, greatly affected me and so it indirectly is related right. to, to that day. You know, I grew up in a very conservative Christian religious background in the South, and at that point, like, kind of a juncture in my family happened as well, because, you know, I had that upbringing, but then being up here, you're surrounded by so much that you start to kind of, I feel like, see reality a little clearer. Yeah. 
my mom just totally splintered off and became like this religious, you know, totally fearful of. Um, Can I be as frank to say that you were more open to all religions and all kinds of people oh, because yeah. your exposure to it was so so big here. You, you, you live meet all next kinds of people. To everybody. You work yeah. with people of all races, yeah. and your mom, her view of it became much smaller, mm-hmm. and she became more fearful. Well, that's what I noticed. She was in Dallas, Texas at the time. Like, what, you know, how has this closed you up more than it has me who was actually physically watching it, you know? And not to diminish anybody's experience of that day, but it's just kind of like, it was very strange to me to think that the epicenter and the greater effect of the fear of the terror that those people brought was more in the center of the United States than it was in New York City. Yeah, it was interesting to observe. The time of the Trade Centers, actually, I was living in Brooklyn, and across the street from me was a Muslim temple, and they would have the culture prayer five times a day. You know, my mom would always, after that, when she'd come to visit me, she was always so afraid. She's like, uh, you know, terrorists. You're like, well, they're really, always you know. here, mom. I was like, have always been here. <laughs> it is just people praying, which is nice. And she'd be like, I don't know. I know it's very thin ice to tread when talking about, you know, the U.S. I don't think, I don't think anybody was to blame besides for the people who actually got in those planes, but I think that there's been policies and ways that our government has behaved in that have definitely led us down that path. You know, it's, I, I feel like instead of pointing the finger and trying to say, you know, you did this or that, actually taking a broader view and, you know, changing our ways, mm-hmm. you know, realizing that we don't know what's right for everybody in this world and we shouldn't be controlling the world. I remember I traveled, I went to Morocco like a year after that and people were all like, oh, you're from New York, you know, did that really happen? Like there was all these people in little towns and the like little Berber villages and stuff and they they thought it was a conspiracy. Like they still, you know, at that time. Were like, like they didn't think know. that what they were seeing on the news was real. They thought, yeah, that we that people had created it as like this hate thing to go after Iraq. Or and what after would oil. what would your response be to them? When I was they like, asked I, you? I saw it. <laughs> it was real. You know, there might have been there might have been a lot of weird things happening or conspiracies or whatever. Like, but. And not to discount, two planes did fly into towers and they did fall down. Thank you for sharing your story with me. Yeah. That was amazing. It was nice. Thanks for hearing Todd's story today. If you would like to hear more stories, please head over to our website, therippledpodcast.com, and click on Donate. Or if you would like to sponsor an episode yourself, or maybe your office would, you can email me directly through our website. We'll see you next time.